So today's message is about giving thanks in all things. And that's the tough part, isn't it? Giving thanks in all things? Uh, it's giving thanks for the super, super good things. That, that's relatively easy. At least it, it should be. Although we even fail with that oftentimes. Where, you know, there's amazing blessings and goodness given to us. And still, we don't think about where this comes from. We don't have gratitude to God in our hearts, and we don't offer that up to Him. But that, that should be easy to do. It should be easy to give Him praise for the good things. But giving God thanks in all things, man, that's what, that's what really matters. That's what really makes a difference. Otherwise, we could just have this attitude where we blame our unthankfulness on God or, you know, the world, the universe. It just didn't deliver what it ought to have given us. And that's why we're ungrateful, because there's just not good things. And sometimes it's like we have this attitude that says to God, uh, you know, God, if you want me to be thankful to you, then you better come through for me. You better deliver to me, you know, the good stuff. And God, if you do that, then I got something for you. I'll, I'll be thankful to you then. And I might even say it out loud. And God, if you're really lucky, I might even you know, go on social media and give you a hashtag blessed. Okay? And that's what you want, don't you? I mean, you want that good social media publicity. I mean, that's, that's our attitude. I, to say it out loud, we realize how wrong that is. But sometimes we go through life that way. God, if you want to be, me to be more thankful, give me more good things. But that's not right. But giving thanks in all things... Even the hardest things is what makes gratitude truly beautiful and God-glorifying. Ephesians 5.20 talks about this. Key verse that we see this morning. Ephesians 5.20 talks about uh, words to Christians. Uh, this is part of what it means uh, to be Christians that are living the Christian life with the Spirit working in us. It says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And spend time just meditating on that. What we're supposed to be doing in the healthy, the normal, the good Christian life is constantly giving thanks and notice always and for everything. So it's constant and it's not just for the things that we think are good, but it's for, for everything. And we give it to God and we give it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore He receives the glory he is the giver. The giver gets the glory from us. So I want to think about this. If we're to give God thanks in all things and for everything, I uh, want to think of three different kind of aspects about how we need to apply this in our everyday lives. And the first one I want to talk to is that this means that we thank God for common things. And we thank God for the, the common things that he gives to us every day. And this is something that transforms our lives. This is something that if we can uh, kind of grasp uh, some of what we're going to talk about here, this changes our life so that instead of just glorifying, thinking we're glorifying God just on Sunday morning and just in certain things or certain super spiritual things, we can realize how we glorify God all the time, how we can do that. Because the Bible tells us to do everything that we do for the glory of God. In 1 Corinthians 10.31, it 
It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. That's what we're called to do. That's what we ought to do. Uh, We know that we are created for God's glory. Everything in our life ought to be about giving glory to God. That's the, the chief end of why God created us, why God created humanity, why God created you is for his glory. We're to give him glory in everything, but then a question arises, well, how do, exactly do I do that? Because a lot of what we do doesn't seem like it's like specifically about God. Does this mean that you know, I need to you know, paint uh, Bible verses all over my car when I'm driving around? You know, this means when I get up and I eat my, my cereal in the morning, you know, do I need to, okay, I need to do everything for the glory of God, so I need to stop eating my normal secular cereal. You know, get myself some, some good Christian cereal to glorify God more. You know, instead of eating you know, Cheerios, I need to eat, you know, Holios. <laughs> That'll give God the glory. Well, sometimes we, we struggle with that a little bit. A number of years ago, I read um, just a, a devotional by John Piper. And he had a devotional called How to Drink Orange Juice to the Glory of God. And it just impacted me thinking about this. And to realize that, that you can drink orange juice to the glory of God. And the key for this is just to realize that it is a good gift from God. And when you're enjoying this, you're drinking your orange juice or your coffee or whatever this is. And to thank him as you enjoy it. That there's these good gifts that God gives to us. And they may be big and some may be relatively small. But you can drink your orange juice and you can give God the glory in this because you're, you're, if you're remembering that it is, it is from him, he's the one that created this, he's the one that allowed this to be on your table this morning, that filled up your cup with this, and that in your heart you're giving thanks and praise to him. And if you can do that for orange juice, you can do that when you get in your car and the car works and the heat comes on. And when you're driving and when you see the, the sunrise or you see the, the, the beauty of the trees, everything that you do, you can go and you can find ways to, to look at this and think about the good gifts that are coming from God to us. And if you remember these things and you remember the creator, the source of this, you can glorify him literally in everything that you're doing. And the key for this is not just enjoying it, but it's giving thanks to him as the source. Remember, James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, within whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So this can apply literally to, to anything good that God gives us. And so we can glorify God um, through this. It applies to, to anything good that God has given us. We need to make, be clear here that this doesn't apply to, to sin. Okay, It's not just anything that you can enjoy that you give God the glory for. Okay, Because if it's something that God has said no to, if it's something illicit, if it's something that is, that is sinful, or a good thing that you are misusing in a sinful way, okay, don't twist this and try to do that. That doesn't work. But if it's a good thing from the Lord, and if you're using it in the right way, the way that he intended, then you give God thanks, and you give him praise for that, and you can glorify him in everything. So you can drink orange juice to the glory of God when you recognize that it's a good gift from him and thank him as you, as you enjoy it. And yeah, there's more things we ought to be doing to glorify God than just that. 
I mean, so another way, don't abuse this by thinking, well, I just, all I need to do then is walk around thanking him for the grass and the trees and the clouds and the mountains. And I don't need to come to church and I don't need to give and I don't need to tell my neighbor about Jesus Christ. Uh, no, there's more things God wants you to do, yeah. But if you remember this, it, it sanctifies all of life. It makes it so that all of life can genuinely be about the glory of God. There are other passages of Scripture that talk about this as well. Uh, think of this, uh, 1 Timothy in chapter 4. In this section, it's talking about false teachers uh, that uh, Paul is telling will come. It says, In the later days, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching things of demons. Uh, and then it, it goes on and it talks about these false teachers uh, forbidding marriage and requiring abstinence from food that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe it and know the truth. And then it says, For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and by prayer. So every good thing is from God, and when we receive it in the right way, notice in this passage it talks about thanksgiving, giving thanks twice here. And this is what makes even common things kind of sanctified and, and holy and good for us. And so, yeah, this applies to food. It applies to our meals. That's, I think, one of the big ways. But you can apply this to any good thing that God is giving to us that we're using in the right way. And again, sin isn't created by God. It's a distortion of the original good that God has given us. But God has, has given us food. Uh, he's given us so many things. You know, sometimes people wonder, you know, praying for meals, you know, is that, is that just a tradition that we have? And I'll tell you that I think, well, I'll tell you, praying for meals is biblical. And it is a good way to thank God for the daily things that we otherwise take for granted. And it's a good practice to do because we're following in Jesus' example. I'll give you two examples here. Mark 8, 6. This is with the, the, the feeding of the, uh, the thousands. He said, and he directed the crowd to sit down in the ground. And he took seven loaves and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd. So Jesus there gave thanks before the food. And also, um, when Jesus celebrated the Last Supper, okay, which we are going to be commemorating as we take communion today, in Matthew 26, 27 through 28, it says, And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So you have their example of Jesus giving thanks. And I think just practically, too, it's just one way of just um, living this out, uh, just making sure that we're, we're giving the Lord thanks. So I encourage you, you know, don't just blow off, you know, giving thanks before you eat uh, is something that's just some kind of tradition. I think it's biblical, and I think it's just a healthy thing to do. Don't just do it as an obligation or just a, a ritual that you have to do. Don't have it just be words, but you're genuinely reminding yourself to give thanks from your heart to the Lord for what you are about to receive from him, these good things that he provided for you. So giving thanks in all things, especially just the common things of life, lets us glorify God in all things. Whether you eat or drink or everything you do, give 
God the glory. Secondly, we think about giving God in all things. I think it is good for us to thank God for unusual things. And what I mean by this just is thanking God for the unusual things in the sense of things we don't usually think about. I mean, it's normal to think about your food because you're hungry, you need food, and so God gives us to you and you eat it. But there's other things that we take for granted that we don't think about that as if we take time to uh, just think about the world around us and everything that God has given us, you can find so many new things to be thankful to God for. Let me give you just a, a few uh, kind of random examples. Let me say one of the things that I am most thankful for well, for church right now is the atmosphere. And by that, I don't mean uh, just that it's, it's friendly and warm and inviting. I mean, I'm thankful for the literal atmosphere, okay? That there's air pressure in this room, okay? <laughs> I bet you didn't think of that right now. But, you know, if uh, you didn't have air pressure in this room, we started, like, bulging out, our eyes would start coming out. You know, our bodies are pressurized, and you change the air pressure, you take that away, and it gets really, uh, it gets uncomfortable, and then you die, Okay? And sometimes, I don't know, maybe it's just me because I'm weird. And sometimes I think about these things. And I think about what it would be like if we didn't have this, if we didn't have air pressure, if we didn't have our, the atmosphere around us. And think about the things we don't take, we, that we do take for granted, nitrogen. Okay? How many of you gave God thanks for nitrogen today already? Oxygen gets all the credit, right? Because we're like, we need oxygen to live. But you know, nitrogen makes up, what, 78% of the atmosphere that we have. And if you think, well, oxygen would be great if if we just had more oxygen. If you had more oxygen, every electronics we have would be started in fires. Okay, if you had pure oxygen in here, it would just be, there would have been an explosion a long time ago. Okay, you need the right balance. And so, yeah, most of the air that we breathe, 78% nitrogen, 20.9% oxygen, 0.9% 0.9% argon, 0.04 carbon dioxide, some other gases, some water vapor in there, depending on how much there is. Uh, but most of it's nitrogen. Well, we don't think about that because it's just there. It's invisible. It does nothing. It's an inert gas. But it gives you the right mix. It gives you the right air pressure. You couldn't even cook your food right if air pressure was, was different or screwed up. It's just one of these random little things that we don't think about. So think about unusual things. Let me give you another strange example. I am thankful for my pancreas. <laughs> I'll just tell you I am. <laughs> um, have you thanked God for your pancreas today? You know, think about all the things that your pancreas does. It's in there in, in your stomach somewhere next to it, secreting its enzymes and its uh, hormones and insulin and glucagon and pancreatic juices and whatever it does. I don't really know what it does. But I know it's super important. I know if it goes, you go. Okay, you need this thing. It's this is an essential part of you. Okay? But we don't even think of these things. And, and the fact that it can do like all these different functions and these things that you need, it's like, I think about this and I'm like, I, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. This is amazing. That God has put us together and that, that we, that for the most part, we work and we keep on working. 
And we're not doing a ton of maintenance in there. I'm not getting in there with a toolkit and like, I'm going to tune up on my pancreas. It just, it just kind of keeps going. It's an amazing thing. And, and part of the reason I say this, and again, I'm revealing to you in many ways how weird I am, okay, if you haven't caught that already. But one time, I was driving around listening to one of my favorite songs about the pancreas, um, <laughs> which you think I'm kidding, but... <laughs> okay, uh, listening to a song uh, by... Um, uh, the, the great composer and artist, Weird Al Yankovic, uh, who has a fantastic song about the pancreas, okay? And so I'm driving around, rocking out to my, my, the song, listening to the song about the pancreas and how great it is, because uh, that's how I roll, okay? And I realize I'm singing to this song, and I realize I started thinking, the pancreas is amazing. I'm thankful to God for this. And I realize I'm listening to this Weird Al song, and singing to this, almost, like at, literally as a praise song to God, thanking him for my pancreas. And I realized that's weird. And then I realized, you know what? Nothing wrong with that. Probably not going to sing it in church. <laughs> but <laughs> we thank God for everything, even the things that we don't normally think about. But when you, when you focus on these things, you know, we can find new ways to be thankful for God for all things. I was reading some scientific books sometime about astronomy and different things, and I got really thankful in my heart for the planet Jupiter. And it just hit me. You think, okay, Jupiter, what's the big deal? It's, you see it up there, it looks like a star, and then you realize it's actually a planet. And we know it's a big planet that's out there, the biggest in our solar system. Uh, but Jupiter, the mass of Jupiter is more than two and a half times the mass of all the other planets combined. Okay, so it's pretty big, and you got Saturn, you got Neptune, you got some pretty, pretty big planets, and Jupiter's pretty big. Okay, that's interesting, but how does that really affect my life and your life? And then reading on this, I found out, well, it really is important because, well, okay, think of it this way. Imagine you got a trampoline in your backyard, okay, and it's, it's basically flat, and let's say you put a, a baseball somewhere on the trampoline, it's going to create a little tiny, um, you know, uh, indentation, okay? A little bit of mass on there. And so then you take a marble and you kind of randomly roll it on the trampoline, okay? And there's a chance it's going to, you know, get attracted to the, the low spot on the trampoline, you know, and eventually hit that baseball, okay? Uh, the math on this is not perfect, but I'm giving you an illustration. Uh, but imagine then you take a bowling ball, Okay, and you take the bowling ball and you put it somewhere else on the trampoline. And now you take the marble and you randomly, like, uh, roll it on the trampoline. The bowling ball is a lot heavier than the baseball, a heavier indentation. And so that little marble, if you roll it randomly, is probably not going to go towards the, the baseball. It's going to be pulled towards the bowling ball. And I read about how because Jupiter is so big and its gravity well is so massive that Jupiter is out there absorbing comets for us, absorb, absorbing asteroids, and all these things, not just because it's big and they just hit it, but because it gets pulled into the gravity well of Jupiter. And so we are hit with way less asteroids and meteors and, and different things than we would be if we didn't have our, our friendly neighbor Jupiter up there circling around uh, playing defense for us. And I just thought, I praise God for Jupiter. I thank him for that, that he created you know, all these different things that God did to finely tune our universe. 
you know, our world that we live in, the human body, all these different ways that we work and we function, it's amazing. We don't think about it until there's something wrong. And just our solar system and life, and you, I mean, we could go on and on and on thinking about how God in his grace and his wisdom and his design has created this world in, in such a beautiful way. So I just challenge you, look for the, these unusual things that you can think about. You know, think about this, this world that God has created. And the more that you explore, the more that you think about this, the more that we can, when we look with curiosity and wonder and amazement, you will find thing after thing to thank God for. Even in an unusual list of things like air pressure, the pancreas, and the planet Jupiter. Finally, we need to thank God for the hardest things. And this is coming. We thank God for all things and for everything. It doesn't mean just the good times. It doesn't just mean the, the happy times and the things that we go through. But we're to praise him in the hard times as well. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances, so not just in the good circumstances, but in the hard circumstances as well. And notice this is saying, this is the will of God for you. If you're thinking, I'd like to know the will of God for my life. What is it? I'm looking for that. I'm praying about trying to find the will of God. Well, I can tell you one thing that definitely is the will of God for you. It's to give thanks. This is the moral will of God for your life. And is what he wants you to do. So now you know it. You're obligated to this. God's wired this into your heart to, to know to, need to do this. He's revealed it to you. We're to give him thanks in all things. We obey this or you disobey. It's your chance to obey or disobey. But it's a moral will for us. And it applies to all circumstances. Even the hardest ones. Now part of that is we can look at everything, even the hard things we go to. And depending how you interpret it, how you think about it, what you focus on, you know, there's ways you can find things to praise God even in the difficult things. Matthew Henry, maybe some of you know him from his, uh, his commentaries that he wrote. Matthew Henry was once robbed. He was mugged. And after being robbed, he wrote this in his diary. He wrote, Let me be thankful first because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my wallet, they did not take my life. Third, because although they took my all, it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. Think about it. You could think this is the terrible day. I've been robbed, I've been mugged. We found these four profound things. When you think about it, are truly profound to thank God for. Now, sometimes we can look at 1 Thessalonians 5.18 and say, okay, this is give thanks in all circumstances. So in the midst of this, you know, we don't have to thank God for the hard things. We're just thanking God in the midst of these hard things. But then we have to remember, we read uh, Ephesians 5.20, and that actually ups the ante. It's not just thank God in the midst of the hard things, but if we take Ephesians 5.20 
seriously here, it says to always giving thanks always and for everything. It's not just in all circumstances, but before all things as well, that God is calling us to thank him for everything. And that's even harder to do. And that takes an even bigger view of God and his, his sovereignty and his providence. And remembering that God has created everything and orchestrated everything that it funnels towards his glory in the end. That God uses everything for his glory and our good. But let me clarify. It isn't that we thank God for pain and evil as pain and evil but we thank God for how he will use these as instruments for his glory and for our good. So it is true that I think we can, we can thank God for the pain, for the suffering, for the thing that is wrong in our life, but we don't do that uh, in a way that we're thanking it for what it is in itself, but we're trusting God who is sovereign and good and knowing that he is going to take this thing, and even if the devil means it for bad, even if people mean it for bad, that God is going to take this and he and his plan is going to override. He's going to use this. He's going to, uh, somehow he's going to use it for his glory and for our good. And his glory is our good. If you're a believer, anything that shines light on God's goodness more uh, in this life and in the life to come, especially for all eternity, anything that makes him look better and better to us so we realize how great and awesome he really is, that really is our greatest good. Because as Christians, we are people that have, our, have had our hearts turned away from sin and turned to him, and we find our satisfaction in him. We find our, our, our delight in God. That's what glorifying God really is all about. And so the more that we can see how good and awesome he is, the more that gives us everlasting joy forever and ever. And so God is doing that. He has a sovereign plan, and we don't know how long it'll take, but eventually he is going to funnel everything that happens, both the good things and the hardest things, for his glory and our good, because his glory is our good. And so when we trust that and we know that, even if we don't know how he's doing that, we can and we ought to give God praise, to give God thanks, not just in all circumstances, but even for these hard things, because we know that just God's going to use them. He's going to use them for his glory. We can be like uh, Corey Ten Boom. Maybe you've read uh, The Hiding Place and talks about experiences during World War II. Corey Ten Boom, in the, the book The Hiding Place, she talks about an experience that taught her to be thankful in all things. That she and her sister Betsy had just been transferred to one of the most uh, worst German prison camps they had seen, uh, Ravensbrück. And they were sent there, and upon entering the barracks, it was just horrible conditions, extremely overcrowded and just and flea-infested. You know, sometimes we think of fleas, you know, as an annoying little thing. Sometimes our pets get when we get collars for it, and it's no big deal. But just imagine it's being just ransacked with fleas. They're biting you. You have just flea bites and rashes, and just how just awful and nasty it is. They were able to um, study Scripture while they were in there, and um, they're trying to focus on the Lord. And their Scripture reading 
uh, one morning was in, in First Thessalonians. And that passage had reminded them to rejoice always, to pray continuously, and to give thanks in all circumstances. And Betsy told Corey uh, to stop and to thank the Lord for every detail of their new living situation. We're supposed to give God, thank him for everything. So we're in this new prison camp. Let's thank him for all the, the details of this. And Corey at first just flatly uh, refused to thank God for the fleas. I'll thank God for, I can find some good things to look at, but I am not going to thank him for the, for the fleas. And uh, Betsy persisted, and Corey finally succumbed to her pleading and said, okay, I'll, I'll thank God for the, for the fleas she didn't want to thank him for. And during the months that they were in the camp, later on, they were surprised to find out how openly they could actually study the Bible and that they could hold Bible study and prayer meetings without the guards interfering and shutting it down. And it was later on that they found out uh, that the reason that the guards would not enter the barracks uh, was because of the fleas. They didn't want to go in and get infested with these fleas. And because of that, they kind of left them alone and they were able to do their Bible study and their prayer meeting. So thank God for the fleas. If you think, well, I can't thank God for four of these things, um, for the evil and the hardest things, let me just remind you that you probably do already. And that actually the most terrible, the most wicked thing that has ever occurred is something that we as Christians we do thank God for that. We thank God for the cross of Christ, which is the, the most evil, the most wicked thing that has ever happened. That the Son of God, given to us, came down, lived a perfect, innocent life, completely undeserved of any punishment, went to the cross. Nailing God, the Son, on the cross, killing him in this profane, awful way. This is the most evil thing that has ever happened. And yet, we can and we should give God praise and give him thanks for the cross. Because we realize what God was doing there. That God was working in and through the most evil thing that would happen. This is part of his plan to save you and I. Because we can't be saved by our own good works. We're already sinners. We have blown it. And there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. Even if you could, from this day forward, live a perfect life, it wouldn't undo the sin that we have done already. And we wouldn't even do that. We, we keep sinning. because It's not just that we do sin, it's that we have sin in our heart. We sin because we are sinners. And for the way that, the only way that God could save us is by doing something that we absolutely could not do. And so Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was sent to this earth as our, as our substitute. That he lived a perfect life. We haven't. We've broken God's laws. You go through the Ten Commandments, you think about them, broken them all. But Jesus kept not just the Ten Commandments perfectly, but all of God's requirements. All the things that he should not have done, he didn't do those things. And all the things that Jesus should have done, he did those things. He kept the law 
and he kept it for us. And he was innocent, but he took our guilt on the cross so that when he went to the cross, he was providing the way for us to be saved. The Son of God, the God-man as our substitute. As we take the Lord's Supper, as we prepare our hearts to do this, we remember this. And we remember the most evil, horrible thing has happened, and God has used this for the greatest good, the salvation of sinners who believe for the glory of God. I hope that you have trusted him. I hope that you have turned and you have placed your trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. There is no other way. There is no other name given under heaven by which we can be saved. But this offer is available to you. Any that will turn to him and believe may have this awesome gift of eternal life. And I plead with you that you would receive this and that you would have the greatest gift and the best thing ever that you could give God thanks for. Let's pray. God, our Father, as we come before you, we do ask that you would fill our hearts with extreme gratitude to you. Help us to thank you for the the common things, the ways that you provide for us every single day, the food that we eat, uh, the life that you give us, Help us to remember that every good gift is from you, Lord God. And therefore, we can glorify you in all things if we thank you for every good gift that you give us used in the right way. So help us to glorify us, not just once in a while, but in every way as we go through life. Give us hearts tuned to that. For the common things, Lord, help us to see the unusual, the surprising things in life too. And just have wonder and amazement for what a great God and creator and designer and provider that you are. And God, help us, especially because we need help, to give you praise and thanks in all things, especially the hardest things. Help us to to know that you are always good and that you are always working good in our lives and even through the hard things. That everything you will cause to work for your glory and our good, the good of those that believe. So we give you thanks. And we especially thank you for the cross, the salvation that you've given us by the Son of God taking our place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.